everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dishes and Dimes. My name is Iman, joined by my lovely close, my, my lovely close, my lovely co-host, can't speak, it's fine, Sandra, Sandy, what's up? I'm muted. Hey. <laughs> oh God, I can't hear you. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, it was muted there. Uh, hey, what's up? I'm super excited about this episode because we have two of our Miami Heat, but, like, friends on the pod this week and uh it should it should be good this is a uh, kyle propaganda oh. <laughs> that's not happening we brought the wrong people for kyle propaganda right. okay listen i follow yes. miami heat beat very closely we brought the wrong people for kyle propaganda <laughs> gee i'm sorry we're gonna get you we're gonna bring you back february 3rd or whenever the game has been removed yeah. to for sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to skip all Kyle questions as long as Siobhan's here. Tiffany, we're going to hit you up for that later on. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we are joined by the great Tiffany and Siobhan of Miami Heat Beat. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having us. Of course. Um, I'm excited about this episode, and I, I've talked about it a bit, just like heat stuff. I think anytime that I can on Twitter, on this pod, um, because of course Kyle Lowry is the greatest basketball player um, of all time. But beyond that, the Heat are just a really fun team. So I, I do want to talk about that. We also, of course, have to talk about the Toronto Raptors, who um, are so weird and fun in all of the best ways. I mean, we had not arguably, but definitely the worst loss of the season on Friday night, and then followed that up on Saturday night with the best win of the season against the Milwaukee yeah. Bucks. Um, So the Raptors um, are having a lot of fun out there. Now, I wish and I was planning and hoping that this would be a really celebratory time with the Raptors having beaten the Milwaukee Bucks and the Heat having beaten Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. But, you know, the Heat could not fulfill that part of it, despite Jimmy being back. So what happened there? What happened in that game, guys? Uh, I mean, reality happened. They came out flat. They came out flat. That's what happened. And it's like, at some point, you're not going to always be able to play Captain Save-A-Ho. Like, that's literally what happens. Sometimes you, you know, you run through the wall or you run into the wall. And it just, they just weren't, they weren't clicking. They didn't, they weren't meshing last night. The ball wasn't flying around as usual. Um, And it's like, you don't, there's, there's not a lot of excuses. They didn't play well. You know, it, you, it sometimes just boils right down to it. Like they didn't play well. They they made the offense a lot harder than it needed to be. And hopefully they learn from that and they'll, you know, move on tomorrow and we'll see what happens. Um, you know, piggybacking off of that, kind of what happened is, um, you know what, Tiff and I, at least we talk about all the time, like the this team, like you said, is weird in that they different people are suited for different styles of offense. And with Jimmy having been out, uh, Bam still out, uh, coming back against you guys, um, that's fun. Um, But with those guys out, we've seen a lot of, like, our rotational guys. Um, I don't know how closely uh, the rest of Raptors Twitter or whomever keeps up with what Miami has going on, but you've seen people like, um, you know, Caleb Martin, Max Drews, Gabe Vincent, all these guys have, Omer Yertz, all these dudes have come and like out the gates and have just been clicking and playing well. And they've been playing a different style of ball with Kyle than mm-hmm. Jimmy and Bam do. And so that's what you've been seeing. 
from us, at least for the last few weeks. And so what's happening now, what happened yesterday with the offense not looking good is, um, you know, for this this little stretch of time, Spo is going to be in a process of like reintegrating a bunch of dudes into something that looked completely different than what it did when everyone else was here. Um, so it came out flat. Um, you know, Jimmy didn't shoot well, Kyle didn't shoot well. And um, like our role players have been playing stellar, but like Tiff said, you know, sometimes reality sets in and, and you get kind of reminded of who guys are and you bring people back who are supposed to do the thing that Jimmy closed the game, Kyle closed the game. And they kind of don't, but um, I think it's okay. We'll, we'll be all right. Yeah. I was going to say that because Tiffany was mentioning the ball, just not moving in that way. And I think you sort of mentioned it. I think, bringing in a guy that's a high usage player like a Jimmy Butler who needs a ball in his hands should have the ball in his hands. You want him to have the ball in his hands, especially because once the playoffs roll around, you're not, we're not just like zipping in, zooping the ball and getting a bunch of your bench players to really shoot. You're going to focus in on your stars. It's going to be Jimmy Butler carrying the way. Um, and it, so, so, so is that it? Are we just looking at, okay, well, Jimmy Butler comes back, the ball sticks and the way that, it was moving before and the shooters that you had on the floor before sort of have to take a backseat. And that's what's hurting the Miami Heat right now. Was that kind of what we saw at least in that game or well, is it just think- nobody made a shot yesterday? So there's a combination <laughs> of both. There's a few different things. Okay. <laughs> right. There's a few different things. <laughs> nobody made a shot. Um, and it's also kind of like, you know, if you're one of those role players who you've been getting constant burn mm. for, over a month, like these guys have been playing for over a month. Um, yeah. You're used to getting those shots when you get those shots. So it's also going to be another adjustment period for these role players. Yeah. But also, you know, water finds its level. You're a role player for a reason. Right. Like that's the reality of it. Like you're a role player for a reason. So you might come in on Tuesday and give me 20. Yeah. And you might come in on Thursday and give me five. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing that people like they forget because they are playing stellar. You know, I, these these guys are are balling. But you know, go yeah, ahead, Shy. I see you. I think I think they're all capable in what it is that they've shown. Like they can do these types of things. Um, I think asking the collective of that bunch to do it um, over some extended extended stretch of time. Like we were saying, if we went five hundred in this stretch, we were cool. Right. These are like. 11 games above 500 and, and it's looked really well. I think it, I think some of it is kind of the ball sticking with Jimmy to an extent, uh, kind of with Bam Tyler kind of a little bit too, but Tyler gives Tyler's kind of so dynamic that it kind of makes up for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's the ball sticking people coming back um, and, you know, our people having a difficult time with, with specific styles of defense, specific types of the personnel, long rangey mm-hmm. guards, much like you guys will be. Um, so I think it's a lot of things. I mean, I, I was going to just jump in here. I think um, when people are in and out of the uh, lineup, chemistry is an important mm-hmm. aspect of it, right? Like these role players have been able to get the minutes. They've been able to kind of shoot themselves into a rhythm and mm-hmm. now they're going to be relegated to the bench and <laughs> they have to adjust to that. You have yeah. Jimmy. And the style back. of play changes. And the style of change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to it's it's just going to be an adjustment period. Um, but obviously, the team has proven that they they could play under any circumstance. And I think that's going to work in your your benefit later on, especially if protocols are still kind of in play 
come playoff time and you need those role players to jump in um, yeah. at a particular time, um, you know that they could actually uh, do it, you know? So we've, so. Seen it. we've seen it over a good yeah. stretch of time. Right. I'm just saying, hopefully they're still adjusting and working their way back, which they probably will be tomorrow against the Toronto Raptors looking for another oh, win, trying to stay in I, that eight seed. <laughs> listen, I have no... I, I know for a fact the game is going to be clunky tomorrow. I'm yeah. not saying we're not winning. I'm just saying it might not be pretty. <laughs> I, have, I have no, I have no qualms about it. best shooting night of the season right there. Um, or his you know, worst. <laughs> Very true. Also, it's got to be pretty bad to be calm. I thought I read that Kyle's not playing tomorrow. He's not playing tomorrow. And he's what? not playing yeah. yeah. Personal. Yeah, they, ju- they just announced reason. it. Oh, I didn't that. oh, I hope yeah. everything is right in his life. Exactly. I, like, I so don't think that's worried because I know this is a game he wouldn't want to Right. Oh, exactly. So fault. something's wrong. Yeah, something's definitely wrong. Yeah. I hope I that I hope it. it's nothing to I hope it's good things. Like, oh, right. hopefully it's it's something right. great at taking him out. That makes me very sad. But um, so I, I kind of wanted to bring this up because I know I know we're going to get into the Kyle Lowry talk, but I think one of what you guys have sort of witnessed as Heat fans is probably the best reason to bring Kyle Lowry on board. You just mentioned it would have been great if you guys were just 500 over this stretch, but without both Bam and Jimmy, the Heat are like 11 and four in those 15 games. They've been absolutely flying. And as Raptor fans, one of the things that we recognize is Kyle plus four guys, positive net rating. Doesn't matter who they are. Kyle and just the bench. The Raptors have had one of the deepest benches and the best benches the entire time Kyle was here, no matter who is in that spot. And as yeah. we're seeing this year, the Raptors have the worst bench, and there are a lot of the same players. <laughs> and so um, it, it, a lot of that credit <laughs> does go to Kyle Lowry. Like, I'm, I'm like, oh, Chris Boucher, if only you had Kyle Lowry right now um, to be getting <laughs> you the ball in these spaces that you need to be getting the ball in and not just above the break, taking every single three-pointer. We'll get into that in a little bit. Chris has been great recently. Um, but but I do think that what the Heat are sort of witnessing right now is the benefit of bringing in Kyle Lowry, um, winning these games without both Jimmy and Bam in the, in the lineup, and also having these guys like you just mentioned, Omar Yurtsevin and Max Struess and um, Casey Okapala and Gabe Vincent and all of these bench guys that you guys have really playing some great basketball. That's something that we've seen consistently with any sort of Kyle Lowry-led team. He's get gets guys paid, shout-outs to Bismack Biombo and really any big that Kyle Lowry has ever had to work with outside of Aaron Baines. This is just what <laughs> Kyle Lowry does. And so I just wanted to, like, give him some love. There's no real question there. It's just kind of watching this, and it's just like, Kyle, this is what you do when, when your stars are hurt. Um, but the one thing that I've kind of noticed and I've really liked, um, because I've been worried, and my biggest fear for Kyle Lowry this year has been the minutes load because it's like, well, who, who are the backup point guard and like how much of a load is it going to take on Kyle Lowry? And then you find out that like Jimmy and Bam missed so much time. And one of just, sorry, just something about like past Raptors time. One of, I think Kyle's best sort of stretches of basketball, really just like elite basketball was when DeMar DeRozan went hurt in that 2014, 2015 season. And the Raptors were like 24 and six stupid and Kyle Lowry was playing out of his mind he was shooting great he was scoring he was aggressive in a way that he cannot be right now because he's 35 and it's not 2015 or 14 <laughs> anymore it's 2022 so he can't be as aggressive but he was ridiculously aggressive and and his, his shot was falling it was beautiful 
then January came, he was, and he fell off a cliff and he had back problems and he had his worst shooting stretch of the season. He was, he was so bad for that second half of the year. And you realize how much having a guy like DeMar DeRozan just takes the load off of Kyle Lowry and you don't need him to consistently do as much. And something that I think Kyle has been really great at is pacing himself in the regular season where a couple of years ago, we were like, yo, Kyle's washed. Kyle can't draw. <laughs> Kyle, right. if it's not a three, Kyle's not taking it. He really can't do it. He's just a jumper guy. The playoffs come around and Kyle turns it up. So I hope I'm like trying to give you guys some optimism. I really do hope that some of Kyle's shooting woes and just like the more aggressiveness that we want from him in the regular season right now is him learning that he needs to pace himself. And that's something that he's done consistently since that 2014, 2015 season where his back went out. He had his worst playoffs. I think all of the playoff woes that we hear about Kyle Lowry stem from that playoff, specifically when the Wizards swept the Raptors. It was disastrous. And a lot of that was because he did not pace himself that season and he went out guns blazing and was an all-star starter and everything like that. And it just like backfired. Um, and so watching Lowry this year, I'm hoping that that's what it is. I think it's what it is because that's what he's shown for the last few years. And once again, there's no question that I'm just talking about. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's I been a while like... since I've gotten to on this spot. Right. Sorry, why don't you talk? Because you, you like to... We talk a little bit about how he's been playing with like the others yeah. and like how great he's been with the yeah. others. Yeah. Why are you like, um, tell them a little bit like what we talk Please. about. So Tiff and I talk about it a lot, um, but in, in getting to that, right. I know for me personally, I think that um, at the start of the season, I recognized that I, I did find myself wanting a bit Maybe not more aggression, but kind of, and that it's somewhere in in, in those fear of words. Um, and and he he gave us stretches of like going three for seven in the first half, having like four points, and then coming in the third quarter, motherfuckers are down like twenty two and nineteen, and just rattle off like sixteen straight. And I'm like, thanks, you know, yo. And then we eventually pulled the game. Sorry. We pulled the game out, but I'm like, you, it would have been cool to not have to get down 19, 21 first, right? Yeah. That's what he does. <laughs> and I, and, I, and I, I get that, but it's it's stressful in a way that's like, pick him sooner. Like, let's not have to, let's not have to have such a taxing comeback. Let's not, it's, it's fun, it's exciting, it's fucking, it's exhilarating when it, when it goes well, but when it doesn't, it's like, it's torturous. Like, it's, it's a, a roller coaster. Um, and so, but what I've seen um, as of late, right, as before, I, I felt like, you know, Miami kind of just needed a stable, steady playmaker, like a stable, not even playmaker, a stable distributor, like a someone who can get the ball to the spots that find themselves open. Um, I think Spo is creative enough to find creative and uh, um, different looking openness uh, but they've just needed someone to get the ball there. And so I've, I've, I've been on record and, and, I, and I don't mind it saying early on, I felt like I was fine. Like I felt like I was upset, you know, with some of the shooting stuff. And I didn't feel like, like he was, he was just distributing the ball. He wasn't necessarily like manipulating defense's eyes. Um, I love the way that he dribbles and, and, and will dribble into the lane of the, the defender without causing foul. They changed that this, this year. So like, I, I like the ways that he uses his body. Um, Gianni calls him like the most self-aware 
um, type of player because he, he recognizes the limitations of his, of his well. stature, right? So I as coming with the others now, like Tiff and I talk about, like I've, I've seen him um, with it in his hands more um, and not just moving it to where the open areas are. Like now as, as plays developing, he's reading his guys. His guys are reading him. They have a better synergy, better chemistry. Um, I've seen some eye manipulation of the defense. Like I've seen him looking guys off and, and moving defenses and getting dudes open. Um, he, 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 uh, what's the word? Um, I don't like a lot of his lobs sometimes. Like I love the full court kick aheads. Cool. But I need you to take like six inches off of a good chunk of those. But, um, <laughs> I, I really love the way that he has come on. Um, and he's done a lot for our defense. Um, and, and so I, I do want to give him kind of the, the, the credit that I do think he, he is deserved. Um, he wasn't my first choice as my point guard in the, in the off season. And I'm fine with saying that, um, I really, really like Lonzo, um, and a couple other guys, but I, I never was someone that, um, didn't appreciate or recognize kind of what it is Kyle brings familiar with his game. Just don't spend, you know, all of my time watching them. So, um, I like how he's, he's been playing and. I don't know that I have an answer to your not question, but um, I wanted to, to give him some love too. Tiff, I hope I covered what yeah, it you is. got it. You got what? it. Oh, but you didn't. You didn't tell her what you know because he's been balling. So no, he's been you know, no. He's been I, no, what I was gonna say. So when we're in the chat and we're like, oh, because he's playing with the others and he's just yeah. got them moving and grooving. That's where he so thrives. I, Listen, yes. so so when he's when he got them moving and grooving and you see me on Twitter and I say, look at my honey bun. Oh, listen, he be moving. Look, the wagon drags when he moves. The wagon drags. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Let me tell you, the Raptors won a championship because Joel Embiid could not post up Kyle Lowry. So listen. I'll take it. <laughs> There the you go. I'll take it. There you go. That's, that's I just won right a championship because Joel Embiid could not post up Kyle Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> He's being more aggressive and looking for his shots more and sooner yes. than mm-hmm. when, like, than before the game gets into rest. So I've I've been I've been pretty cool with. Him. I wonder has, how much. Oh yeah, sorry. Sorry, I was just gonna say it's really funny that she says that because like I can literally point out a, a shit ton of games where it's like third quarter we're down and then Kyle gets mad at something that was his fault. Like he that was his fault. And, it's called it was a reaction. Listen, your boy chirps way too much. Oh my goodness. Listen, it's the whole team right now. That's what it is. Like, he doesn't like leading at the beginning of a game. It's called Lowry time. It's been coined here. It's just Lowry goes on a run. If it's against the Utah Jazz, it like it always seems to be against the Utah. I feel like the Raptors play the Utah Jazz like 10 times, even though they're in the Western Conference, because it seems to always be there. But uh, I guess my question was how much, because I do think that what G says about Kyle Lowry being the most self-aware player is very accurate. And sometimes it could be a little frustrating, but, but I think that's, I think that's a very accurate uh, statement about him. And I think coming into the year, yeah, he was shooting terribly just to start the season, but I do wonder how much of it is like, okay, well I'm joining this team and now I have to sort of fit in to what Jimmy and Bam have going on as opposed to like, I'm Kyle. He's cause he's 35, right? Like it's not, it's not even Kyle Lowry at 27 where soon as he came into the Raptors, he was like, I'm the guy, I'm going to go and score. And he, I think, had the three, he had like the biggest start in terms of like points for the Raptors when he started. That was a decade ago, literally 2012. He cannot do that right now in 2022. So how much of it 
is yes, my age, but two, I'm coming into this team that made it to the finals just a year ago. I can't do the most in these moments. And I have to basically take a backseat to what they have going on, which is the same thing he did with Kawhi Leonard was very much take a backseat to what Kawhi had going on and really only step up in those games where Kawhi sat. So how much of it is like, and then I guess my question here is, what is his fit alongside Bam and Jimmy? And how do you guys make it work since it's been so clunky um, when you did have all three of them together? Um, I think... Well, Siobhan's uh, smiling. What's happening there? Because, because, she, because she knows what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> is that Jimmy got to come up off the ball. Yeah, it's not... Really? Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, because we know... Here's the thing. Jimmy can get his shot at any time. Like, mm. there's no question that if Jimmy needs to get a bucket, he can figure it out. He mm. can get in the post. He can get that mid-range going. He can drive. So he could do all those things. Jimmy can get a bucket anytime. Mm. Um, but the idea is it's not a, a one versus five. It's a five on five. So you've got to be able to keep all these other guys active. And while Jimmy's the only one, I feel like, Kyle needs to continue doing what he's been doing with the other guys. He yeah. needs to pick and choose. He needs to set it up. And, and, and there, there won't be any hard feelings because guess what? Kyler's in the corner open. So guess who gets the ball? Kyler, because he's open. And this is the way that he's been playing over this stretch. He's been finding the open man. And because he's been doing it, it's contagious. And all those other young guys have been finding the open man. So I think this time you got to you got to put the ball in his hands. You got to get Jimmy off ball. You got to get Jimmy cutting. You got to get Jimmy screening, rolling, doing because come on, let's not act when Jimmy's not like some wallflower. He's not some waif. He can get in there and mix it up. Um, and the same with Bam. Bam has got to, you know, Bam's got to find his way on the floor. Bam's got to what? Bam's got to do some other things because sometimes <laughs> oh. it just can't be about you getting into that mid-range and just shooting that mid-range. You got to do some more rolling. You got to do some cutting. You might just have to just screen on this possession. You ain't going to say it. You're not going to say what I say. I thought we was keeping it real. With these oh, I'm not finished. I'm not finished. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, oh, I'm not finished. Well, and Jimmy's already started <laughs> doing it where we know Jimmy's a poor three-point shooter. Mm -hmm. But if you're open, you have to take the shot because you need to keep that floor open. And you know what? Bam's going to have to put up a couple. He's going to have to start to, he's going to have to kind of trail back a little bit and maybe take that 15 foot, step back a couple. Step back a couple more. Get comfortable in that rhythm because if you've, if you've watched a break where Kyle is dribbling and Deadman is the trailer, he finds Deadman every single time for that three. He finds Deadman every single time for the corner three. So these, these same plays that they do with Deadman, they can do it with Bam. And the fact that, you know, the defense is going to respect Bam's offense so much more than they respect Deadman. They're going to come flying at him. So you've got the opportunity to pump fake, yep. dribble pass. You've got the opportunity to pump fake and just get a file. Like, there's so many things they can do without having to have to pound the ball. Because yeah. to me... You bite Having early Kyle. on a bam pump fake coach better butt bench you right away. I'm sorry. If any of the rappers big try to do that, if bam <laughs> pump fakes from deep you know and you bite on it, 
Which See, ain't gonna be and no that's the problem. Y'all should gotta be able fine. to be in on this. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I shouldn't even be telling y'all this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Because you want him to do what he does best. He makes great decisions. He's getting the guys moving down the court. He's kicking the ball up. You want him to do all those things. But you also want him to do all those things with your best players on the court. Yeah. I think... I think it's interesting because the reason that they don't all seem to work well, those three, they don't seem to work well together. It's not Kyle. It's the fact that Jimmy play in the same spaces on the floor, right? Jimmy's not this dude that shoots a ton of threes. He's, as Tiff said, he's been giving you a few here and there. Um, But Jimmy's not a three-point shooter. For the love of God, when he's in the corner and people are like playing him closely, I don't know what the scheme is because why are you that far out on him? You should probably be plugging the lane. Um, right. But he's been taking he's been taking more as a as a late. But Jimmy likes to operate in that kind of mid post area. Bam is going to pick and pop to the mid post area, pick and short roll to all in the same spots, right? So you you have a lot of congestion on the floor offensively when you have two those particular two of your big three. We talk about it in in the Heat beat group chat a lot. Um, the on and off numbers for Kyle Bam lineups or, or Kyle Jimmy lineups are better than the on and off numbers with all three of them. And Jimmy Bam on and off numbers of the of those machinations, the, the Jimmy Bam minutes look the worst. I think um, I have it here. I think I I think I have it. I think it's Jimmy and Bam together is minus 18, which sounds crazy per 100 possessions. Whereas Jimmy and Kyle still minus 1.5. It's not great, but Kyle and Bam, which I mean, it makes sense. You give Kyle and Bam together. It's always going to be a positive and that's plus 10 per 100 possessions, which Kyle gives them them that threat of something deep where Bam can be closer to the basket. Bam still doesn't post enough for me, but Bam's undersized as a whole. I got a whole thing about that. Um, But but yeah, so I, I think Kyle's fit with them um at least with the three of them he's necessary to at least try to maximize the two of them but when it's not the three of them on the floor right we've kind of been talking about it about how well he does fit with Kyle and just four randoms Kyle Jimmy's a good roller Jimmy can roll and get to the basket Jimmy can pick and pop um same types of things that Bam does again they play in the same spaces so I, I think the fit is there at least um as a duo uh, like Tiffany said, though, you want that fit to be there with your chorus of core being able to all do it at the same time. And and what it all comes back down for me is that um, I think that they've seen, at least we hope that they've seen through the stretch, that if they need to go to the other people, they can because they have this level of confidence because they've, they've been able to play this way. But yes, when the games do grind down, come playoff time, someone tried to like conflate what we were saying a, a little while ago is if we were saying that that Miami can win playoff games without Bam and Jimmy. That's not it at all. Like you need to be able to have people that you can go to to grind it down or if it starts to feel brown down, they can uh, counteract with their same type of thing and, and go get theirs. But um, right now it, it's clunky um, and it may continue to be. Um, but yeah, T- Tiffany said uh, helps a lot. Like if Jimmy continues to, to take some a bit further out, Bam's got to get a little bit comfortable. That's why you see people clamoring for Yurt to get such such heavy minutes. Yurt doesn't mind stretching it out mid-range a little bit deeper. Uh, Kyle finds Deadman on the trail three. So, like, the spots are there for Bam to do it. He just won't. But 
Kyle fits, he makes those two fit a bit better, but Kyle fits uh, a bit more seamlessly with, with the rest of the group. And then their point about them getting to the finals two years ago, it was with a guard who was getting downhill. And Goran right. at the time, yeah. what he looked like right now, Goran was getting downhill. Um, Goran doesn't Kyle like has, anything for us now. I don't think he's been yeah, in he the last he's not I'm so sorry to hear like, that. He Kyle found his way into the paint a bit more now, too, so yeah. that's helped a lot. Yeah, okay. I, that, I, like, I'm glad that you guys put it that way because as soon as you said take the ball out of Jimmy's hands, I think, and, and like one of the reasons I thought maybe Kyle would fit on the Heat is because of his ability to play off ball. He does it so seamlessly. And I thought, okay, well, you're going to put the ball in Jimmy's hands and you need a floor spacer when you have two of your main guys who can't shoot. Right. Um, but I guess, yeah, the solution is just shoot more, bam, shoot more, Jimmy, and move a little bit more without the ball because they do operate. They take the same real estate yes. and it's really difficult yes. when your two biggest, um, your two highest usage players operate in the exact same space. Right. Yeah. yeah right. Let me tell you something. Mm. Who would have thought Kyle would be out there just shining with like Gabe Vincent in the backcourt. Or I would Max have. Struce in the backcourt. I, I said Gabe Kyle backcourt would be fine. Kyle plus well, bench. Right. Give me any Kyle of your bench players. Bench well, see, we don't, we don't know it. any of this. See, yeah. this is all new for us. New. Should I listen to G? Right. I'm sure G said it. <laughs> G knew. G knew. <laughs> oh, goodness. This might have been one thing G got. One thing he gets right. And we're, he's going to hold this over us forever. He ain't going to record. As he should. As he should. Right. As he but should. It's, fine. But, but, have but your you eternal flower. You know, like, you can see that, like, the likes of, like, Gabe and Max have put in the work. Like, yes. you know, you don't yes. question that. But you can also see. Yeah, but you can, and you're, but I'm just, you know, backcourt. I know, I know, I know, I know. You got to throw in that yurt. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) I know, everybody thinks I hate yurt. Um, But it's just, you can see that they are, these young guys are learning from him. You can see it. He talks to them constantly. He pulls them to the side. And that's the one thing I do like about him because he, he will take the young guys, pull them to the side. You can see him pointing to spots on the court where he wants them. Um, he's communicating with them. And I think that's a, that's a big deal, especially being a new guy coming into a team where these guys are young, but, you know, they've been there for two years, some of them three years. Yeah. Um, and, they're, and they're looking at him and they're saying, okay, you're the guy. So where should I be? What should I be doing? I, I mean, I appreciate that about him that he's taking these young guys and he's like moving them around the court and he's like celebrating in their success also. Yeah. So now that you guys experienced the Kyle experience, <laughs> you've dealt with it, you know what it's like. I I really want to talk about <laughs> Miami in terms of the East in general, like where do you see them finishing? Um, and be honest. Oh, be, always. Be honest. Well, I said at the beginning of the season, uh, the fourth seed, because I, I always take into account injuries and we're mm-hmm. still in a pandemic, right? Yeah. So anything can happen to any team at any moment. Um, I did not expect, honestly, I didn't expect them to be playing this well. Yeah. I didn't expect them to be playing this well with people that worked at Kmart two days ago. Like, this is, <laughs> oh, no. this is what's happening. Like, we got people I never even heard of and they just like balling. I, I didn't expect it. I mean, you know, Shy and I talk about it all the time. Like, I, I thought they'd be good. Yeah. I didn't realize, like, it's this type of good. A four seed, um, though? Come on. They were, to me, they were the three gotta, seed. They were the three well, seed. Like, 
that it was it was Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Miami is like the the top of the East. But you got to think about yeah, it. You just said we that have, Chicago came out of kind of right. Chicago was always my four or five. Like I was like Chicago, okay. Chicago. And then depending on what Philly gets for Ben Simmons, it was like Chicago and Philly is my four or five. But we have we have we have players that we know. I didn't known, care about the Hawks. You know, I, don't they know. Have a I don't know why people were so high on them. I don't know why we were so <laughs> I don't know why any. I was like, what? No. Oh, they were cute for a minute. Oh, they had yeah. a moment. They were so cute. For, they were cute for a minute. The girls were cute. Come on, <laughs> right? The girls were cute. But we have we have players that have injury history, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you also take that into account. Like you know, Jimmy's gonna miss some time. Um, and we had no idea that like a lot of the supporting cast would be as good as they are. So for me, I thought, okay, if they can finish this year with home court advantage in the first round, they popping. Mm-hmm. Who knew they would shoot up to you know? second seed, third seed, and just be kind of in arm's reach as for, you know, for, yeah. for the number one seed. For the one seed. Yeah. They almost got it. If they didn't lose to the Sixers, am I wrong in thinking they would have gotten yeah, it? Yeah, that's why everybody's oh, pissed that we lost to the Sixers. I'm like, yeah, I'm- that's why. It is, it's like you still got like 39 games <laughs> or whatsoever. Like, just <laughs> calm down. Stop yeah. trading everybody. Just stop for a second. Let me tell you, I'm I'm paying attention to that. Because if the Heat are the one seed, I do not want the Raptors to be in that eight seed playing range. Put me in the brackets with the Bulls. I've got very big questions about both of those teams. Give me that. Do give me anybody else. Me. Yeah, I don't. I don't want I the, want the Bulls experience. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm a Raptors fan. Iman, I, I have my questions. But Iman, mm-hmm. how are how? Let's say we play the Bulls and Demar beats us. How how emotionally how would you handle? I think fine. That? Like I think one of the best things about being like uh, a a seven eight seed and like really looking towards the future, the Raptors are a young seed, a young team building. Is like who cares? <laughs> it's like if you win, it's an upset. If you lose, it's to be expected. So I think going in against the Bulls or the Bucks or anything, if we lose, I don't care because it's like okay, you beat the eight seed. Congratulations, go pat yourself on right. the back. But yeah. if you win, that slander's never dying. That looks, I, right. <laughs> that's you can't that's lose. a good point. Can't lose. <laughs> um, so now that we're kind of midway into the season, where do you guys see the Heat finishing um, the rest of the year? Like, where do you see them seeding? I need to pull up the standings. I don't know who's behind and how many of what. Um, I, I think I agree with Tiffany that I think at the start of the season, I would have had uh, four as as good, you know. Um, right now, I, God damn, why didn't I pull the standings up? Um, like like I said, they, they, did a, they did a lot better than I expected them to in this last six weeks. The time that Bam's been out, I felt like it flew by. Um, so, I don't know. I think, I think I'll stay around four to three. Um, I, I see them maybe dropping a few games. I don't see them. I definitely don't see them sliding further than four. Um, so I think I'll. Well, Kevin Durant is going to be out. KD yeah. is out. Yeah. KD is yeah, out. For what, and four to six weeks? Four to yep. six weeks and they're half a game above you guys. So I think I can see you guys possibly jumping yep. the nets there. Kyrie can only play for part-time, right. for, you know. Kyrie can pay part-time. He also does not stay healthy very long. I exactly. 
James Harden well, is so so. Knock on wood. I want to help and, everybody. And, and y'all know what Kyrie do. Let's act, not act like he all of a sudden not healthy, and then here come the All Star game, and he healthy. Like <laughs> no, no, he is not. He's not making the All Star game. Like because now fan voting is not the only thing, right? It's fan voting plus media yeah, he's plus. He's not making the All Star. I think game. I'm I think, hoping he don't. I don't think he will. I, don't, I think it's I'm also hoping I'm also hoping Brooklyn doesn't do that bullshit and pay the fines to have him play because that's I think they first will. of all I think they okay. will. Let's just say they, they do, should. right? Which means they that really should not. Yes, but I I don't even. Here's the thing: like realistically, like y'all paying fines for what a team that the fans don't even like cheer for. They don't even. They just want to be in the spot. They just want to be at Barclays. Like, right, like you don't even. Brooklyn doesn't even have authentic fans. No, so but let's keep it. it. Let, well, <laughs> I don't know. It's it. I, it New York is different. They might they might pay it for one game and then they'll catch all that heat. And then that might be the end of that, because then you go to the Brooklyn game. This I did go to the Brooklyn game. That? It was Miami in the house. <laughs> it's, it, let me tell you something. When it's tip ball and you start hearing, let's go heat before yeah. the ball is. That's when you know yeah. you don't have authentic yeah. fans. No, I've been to a game at Barclays before too. It was the Clippers um, Nets game, and it was yeah. and Clippers don't have fans, but it was Clippers. It right, was Clippers don't Blake have fans. Griffin and, and Chris Paul <laughs> times, but yeah. Oh no, those, um, those were fun. Those were fun. <laughs> those were. I mean, yeah, no, no, those were a lot of fun. I lo- I love that team, but um, I think I think the thing about the Nets paying, I, I think they're gonna do it. And the only reason why I say that is because they buckled and are letting him play. They were like, well, right. we're going to have any players we don't have. And I think extended time without Kevin Durant and them slipping in the standings because th- that's just what's going to happen, I think will be the right. pressure. And I think that that's what's just going to make them because you don't pay this much for a team. You don't give up every single pick that you have from now until, you know, Kyrie is 75 years old. If you don't intend on competing and winning, and I think they've given up way too much to let this season kind of be a wash or to not be in the best position come playoff time. And so I think they're going to buckle and do it. And here's the thing, Kyrie, you said you're doing this for the voiceless, which is stupid because the voiceless are the dead people. But you said you're doing this for the voiceless. How is your team paying money for you to break rules? Listen, being for the people. Exactly. It seems like you're doing the exact opposite thing. So you, for your own standards and for what you're claiming you're doing this for, should not play home games because the idea that if you have money, the laws do not affect you and you can just go go. past all of them because that's that's exactly what fines are. If you see a fine for something, all it's saying is this law is not meant for rich people because they don't care about a $5,000 fine. And so, Kyrie, for your own morals, you claim to be Muhammad Ali every single time I click on your Instagram story. It's another photo of him. (laughs) What are we doing? It's giving very colonized. It is. It's giving Plymouth Rock. I'm going to. (laughs) (laughs) It's giving James Town. Yes. Yes, drink the Kool-Aid. Just because I can, I'm going to. Come on. Listen, I, I honestly... Not for nothing, but it, it goes back to what we said. He's never healthy. So yes. that's one yeah. thing. Um, Harden, he, he hasn't been completely healthy this year either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so whether they play it, they pay the fines or not, I, I honestly just think that they are going to have such a hard time. Yes. 
getting everybody back together. And also they're not, they're not as deep as Mm -hmm. one would think they are. That's the biggest thing. So once you, when you're that top heavy, they are extremely top heavy. And, and, and that's the thing where I noticed when I watched, uh, I watched them play with, without Kyrie, where if, if you can even, you know, you're not going to stop Kevin Durant, but you can Mm -hmm. slow him down if you're big enough, if you're strong enough to push him off his spots. And that's what happened when uh, the Heat played them at Barclays. You know, Bam's big enough to push him off his spots, to make him uncomfortable. Jimmy is gritty enough to make James Harden forget to do that step back. Like, these are are guys who will get up in you, who are not afraid to get into you, who are physically stronger than, you know, a, a lot of guys in the league and who are mentally stronger than a lot of guys in the league. Um, but I definitely think with him being out, it will be interesting to see if they are going to pay those fines to try to keep them afloat. Um, because I, four to six weeks for Durant to, to me personally, I, I think it's scary time based on the oh, last yeah. injury, based yeah. on the last injury. And right oh. now, that's yeah, scary. that's scary. Like the, the only thing I'll say is he came back as good as like you didn't yeah, think he right. missed time. So like yep. hopefully he's just superhuman because I think the game is just so much better with Kevin Durant. I also think he is he's been the MVP of the season. Like that mm-hmm. team, I was watching them and I was like, they start DeAndre Bember. How yeah, are they this right. good? How <laughs> did they Durant. have like and it's it's Kevin Durant? Because it was like James Harden was struggling. You're right, he's not fully healthy. His hamstring injury, he just has not been the same James Harden. He hasn't been MVP caliber. He has really bright spots. He has some games where you're like, oh, he's back. But it's not yeah. consistent enough. And it's like, Blake Griffin has not been able to hit a three against any team not named the Toronto Raptors. Like, the stat is insane. I think the stat is insane. Right? It's, so, like, it's, so, it's so crazy. I'm going to see if I can find it. But, um, so you're just watching this team and you're like, well, Marcus Aldridge is getting votes for this all-star game in Toronto. Girl, <laughs> like, they're not That's good. all because of Durant. It's all oh Durant. God. And it's just like, the only reason why this team has stayed afloat, the only reason why this team is at the top of the Eastern Conference is because of Kevin Durant. So missing yeah. him for 46 weeks really spells doom. And I think, I think you have to, unless like James Harden goes on a James Harden-esque tear, have to bring but see, even James Harden going on one of his tears, I don't think yeah. that he's in the spot right now that just that alone is going to do it. All right, James, go ahead. You can do it. James isn't, James isn't built in the way that, that a Kevin is, that a Giannis is. And I'm talking size. Like, you can, yeah. as, as much as he's going to get his shot off, you can game plan enough for, for James Harden. So I think that even if he goes on his tear, Kyrie's got damn part-time, Kevin's out four to six weeks, like, it's it's going to be tough. And so... Uh, yeah, that that one spot is, is is or wherever they are. I don't even know. Really, don't know what the standings are. Um, they're second right, they're second right second. now. They're they're yeah. a half a game back of. of okay, it's it's I precarious. Just, it's precarious over there. They in they in little. I want to see how this next little stretch looks like for them too. Kyrie just needs to admit that he doesn't want to play basketball anymore and stop. You think that's what it is? He just doesn't want to play basketball anymore. Genuinely, like I feel like the playoffs are going to come and he's going to make an excuse as to why. He can't play in every single game outside of, you know, refusing to get vaccinated. Like, I literally don't think that guy wants to play basketball. I think anymore. he would retire. That's because he he's good get... at it. You know, like you do a job because you need it. You, you want to get paid. I think mm. that's what he does. Um, mm. And so we shall see if he even plays those part. He'll, he'll find an injury. 
And it's okay. And he needs to know. And if he doesn't want to play, he needs to know it's okay to step away. Right. It's, it's okay. okay. You have enough money. Like you can right. go live your life and do what you want to do. Right. But like make sure the, okay. the things that have the Nets have done to make sure that they could have a Katie, a Kyrie, a James Harden, and to have this guy that doesn't seem like he's very committed to the team. Um, it's it's ridiculous. Um, so I don't know. We shall see. And I don't feel bad for the Nets. No, no. if you if you frying fish and you getting popped by the grease and you don't move, that's on you. <laughs> Some people might like that. Is true. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if if the Nets if the Nets having to play the Raptors or the Knicks in the playoffs, they might just not have Kyrie the entire time because yeah, because be he can't Canada, get into Canada, and the Knicks have the same rules. The Nets. Yep. There are, there are people asking give up a higher seed so that they're not a... Uh, yeah. uh, they want them to slip in the stands. Yeah, so that they're not a, a fucking... What the fuck? The home That they don't have the... Yeah. Yeah, home, right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, now that would be some slimy shit. They're just going to commit to I slime. I did not think about I didn't think that. about it either. But, well, but hey here's now. the thing, though. So you people were saying this, like, off. two weeks ago. Think about it, Shy. Two weeks ago, lose some games or whatever. Yeah. So... They, you know, the Lord works in funny ways. Now we have Durant out for the six weeks. Watch how y'all be careful what you wish for. Come on now. Right. No, but that's kind of smart, though. It's I would, not gonna I would rather, yeah, I exactly. would rather have Kyrie in a game seven than a game seven at home. Right. So, right. hey, if, yeah, but if, if KD if misses some time... See, I, you know what? KD is superhuman. I watched this man come back from an injury they told me would devastate his career would be the end of it. He came back and playing at an MVP level. I'm just going to keep positivity mm-hmm. and optimism in the air because the league is... Oh, I want him here. I mean... Yeah, I no, I know, I know, I know. I'm just... Take that, I'm, L, in the, take that L in the playoffs, though. Right. <laughs> right. Hold that L. Don't do that again. Don't lose to the Bucks again, KD. What, like, what did you give us? Stupid feet. Why do they have to be? He tried. My man tried. Uh, He tried all the time. I'm so mad. His skinny ass had to, he was carrying I had to deal with Bucks fans in my mentions because his feet needed to be a size 22 instead of like (laughs) a normal size. Uh, Okay, can I I ask you guys? Because I think, you know, I talked about it already. I'm jumping so ahead. The Raptors finally made an AT. They are finally above 500. And I'm like, (laughs) I would like to see the Bucks and the Bulls in the playoffs, actually. Like, I'm, I'm so far ahead. Um, but you know what? Give me the Bucks. Raptors swept them in the regular season. Give me Raptors the Bucks. Delu- Raptor, Give me Raptor the fan Bucks. delusion. But, um, <laughs> That's the thing that Miami fans did last season. Oh, we want the Bucks. We want Milwaukee. No, the Bucks. What we know. say. What we <laughs> say. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, our entire offense is not Bam and Duncan dribble handoffs, okay? <laughs> You didn't hit us with the DHO. Oh, oh. Good for you. Stop bragging. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she hit us with the DHO. Right. <laughs> it's okay. You guys have Kyle now. You guys have Kyle now. But um, you feel jacked up too. Like, oh. <laughs> right. oh, let me just. I mean, if I had a robe right. on, I'd cut you. Uh, so, well, who, if you guys are looking ahead, if you guys are going to jump forward, who would you like? Not, not bottom of the East. I don't care about the Hornets or whatever else, but like, on that top five, six of so the Sixers, the Bulls, the Heat, not the Heat, you're the Heat, um, the Bucks, <laughs> whatever other team I missed, the Nets. 
the who you bulls. guys who you guys are trying to dodge and who you guys are trying to see. You're trying to see the bulls. You're trying to see the bulls. Oh wait, no, I said who else you forgot. I don't know. Oh, who you well, yeah. Sorry, the Bulls. Yeah. So who are you trying to dodge and who are you trying to see in that like possibly second round matchup? All right. Or possibly first round matchup. I, I just feel like the Heat and the Bucks are just always destined. Like I, I, I just for some reason, I just feel like they are just destined to always have to battle it out. And I'm OK um, if we're healthy because mm-hmm. you know how that goes. But if we're healthy, I'm OK. I'm not going to lie. I, I think at this point, um, and I'm putting it all on Bam, Jimmy, and Kyle to figure it out. We Kyle's shouldn't be dodging. Kyle's 2-0 be, against the Bucks. Listen, we shouldn't be dodging nobody. Yeah. Let's put it like that. Like, those yeah. three have to figure it out and get it together and, and go play. No matter, you, you beat who's in front of you. Yeah. yeah. I, but, but like a fun matchup, hey, mm-hmm. the Bulls. Yeah. That could be a fun matchup. So... I agree. We sh- I'm not out here like necessarily worried about anyone if it came to a series, you know. Um, there are some people that I feel like it might go six, seven, and some people that I feel right. like, you know, maybe five, six. Um, I, I I do feel like the Bulls, or not the, the Bulls, the Bucks in Miami are always kind of destined, but I, I let that destiny be one that plays out kind of as late as it can. Like, I don't want to see the, yeah. the Bucks. No, I don't want y'all, um, we'll, we'll I don't take, want y'all we'll first round. We'll take them out for you. We'll take them out <laughs> for you. We'll take them out for you. Like, right. I see you. Yo, we're uh, not trying to see Giannis first round. First round. I mean. <laughs> After <laughs> winning a championship. What was Giannis' no, stand no, on yesterday? 6 of 17? I'll take him. 6 of 17? I'll take Giannis. <laughs> right. I was like, like, yeah, I want to see that. What? <laughs> We'll lace it up and we can go for it, but we don't want to necessarily go for it first if we have to. I, I, I do like, I like the Bulls lineup for that matchup. I think that would be a fun series and I it is one that I give Miami um, a six-game edge in. I think uh, when it all boils down to it, I do think that we have the defenders um, in the holster right now to 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 to, to do with whatever we need done um, for that matchup. I think Jimmy can handle DeMar. I think he would lock, you know, like to Welcome the assignment. Um, whatever Spo schemes up defensively, I hate uh, the stress season where we've like, committed to the switching. But if it's something that we need to do, we will. Um, Garrett continues to get better in the drop. They've been playing Devin in the drop. I don't know why they don't try playing Bam in the drop more. Um, but I think we have the pieces to uh, counter punch. Kind of, um, you know, the pieces that the Bulls have. I think it'd be a fun series. If there's one person that I, I that we might not be be suited for uh, matchup wise, it might be Zach. Um, but I can see Spo doing some creative things with a Caleb or a whomever else in cover. Um, so um, again, I have no. I, I wish it was in front of me. Like y'all can tell me what they say, and I it won't work. I want to see it. I don't have the standards right now. But if there were someone, I would say I was dodging. I don't want to see the the, the Bucks first, knowing we're gonna see you when we see you. Um, and I'm not, I'm not mad at the at the at the Bulls. I'm not mad if we draw Brooklyn. Uh, we wouldn't, because again, wherever the shit is lined up at, um, uh, Philly maybe. I might not want to see you because if Joel continues to just be dominant in the way that he can, in the way that he so often is not, which is why he pisses me off. Um, if he continues to 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 be dominant, I don't know what our bigs look like up against that for seven straight however many games but that's that's who I would have yeah 
Joel's scary. Joel's still so scary. And it's he like, it is. sucks because he doesn't you he like doesn't want know. something to happen with like he the bench. No, he could be the best player in and the world. He, he just I think grounded it. It's, it's I don't injuries, think he's though. Like, I just feel like that it too. slows him down. Because he doesn't take care of his body. Like like, mm, that's true. Oh. He does not take care of his body. This he is one of my favorite. It's the McDonald's. Like, Yo, did have y'all seen him line. on like the sideline eating the burgers, getting feet massages on the massage yes. table? It's live like your best years. life, Joelle. Live your best life. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But like, no, I don't. I don't know. He falls too much. He doesn't know how to fall. He's too he falls dramatic. so much. He fakes the falls so much. Yes. Like, I feel like. Philly's a mess. Like, I'm sorry. Just the entire situation just bums me out because Joel Embiid is way too great to not have this. And like, I don't, everything that they've done since 2019, like even in that 2019 year, why did you trade for Tobias? What was that about? I, do, do I don't understand. I still why don't understand. Why did you give up all of your assets to do that? And then why didn't you keep Jimmy? Like, what was that? Like, I know you guys benefited. From- you know, wait, 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 am I, I can hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes. 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 Wow, God didn't want me slandering Tobias Harris on the side. <laughs> <laughs> he underperformed. That man should have been great. He does. Tobias he has the tools. He has, he has the tools. He has no, the size. I was, I was if saying, I could be anybody like, in the I, NBA, I'd be Tobias Harris. Why? Because you don't have to do much. You're getting paid a lot. Yes, it's, it's an ideal yet. situation. <laughs> like it's you put really up twenty ideal. on like, tonight, tomorrow. Not I put a lot up of pressure. When the shots go in, they go in. When they don't, he gets traded all paid. the time, though. But, but he has that re- was he has enough. <laughs> the like, thing two is, years potential. <laughs> right, it like potential that you're going to constantly like, trade. trade for him, right? Yeah, like That's Detroit, it. Orlando, he's like the Andrew Wiggins experience. It's so often, he's, and like he's traveling to to, to San credit. He's seen places. Right. That's my life. It's right. like it's Yo, Detroit and Orlando. I feel like there are better places. <laughs> he just, I, I think everybody sees the potential. You know, he's like, yo, he's like they when give I'm up like, on it fast as hell though. Yo, he's all he's just like me when yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll get gas when I get out of work. And then it's like Oh, I'll get gas in the morning. <laughs> I ain't gonna make it. <laughs> like you literally, so you're driving that Tobias car and you think you can you gonna get it all the way to the end, and it's like damn. I knew I should have just got gas early. That's literally what it is. You just, everybody sees the potential. They think yeah. they can get far with him. And it's like, no, he is who he well, is. Figure I appreciate him for who he is. But I, I mean, listen, they picked him over Jimmy and that's yeah. fine. Yep, sure. Not for them. It's not working out for them. It's working out for y'all. Right. It's not working out for them. I don't own real it's estate not working out for Philly. Joelle. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and like, like I don't know. It's just it's frustrating. It's fr- everything that Philly's done is doing has done is frustrating. Um, but speaking of making midseason moves that could either make your season or hurt your season, um, like the Jimmy Butler Tobias Harris situation that the Sixers did two years ago. What are, what are y'all looking at? Do the Heat want to make a move this year? And if so, what do you guys need? I keep saying, you know, what's out there. Because we got, listen, we got guys that's going to the wall. So if you're not going to run through this wall with everybody else, then we don't need you here. What's out there? Like, every, you know, I keep getting DMs talking about Bradley Beal. First of all, there's a lot that comes with this man. Apparently. Like, he's, you know, listen, I'm sorry, but he's in and out of protocols. 
He's in and out with the team. One day he wants to be there. The next day there's all these, you know, postings like, oh, I thinking like we don't play games over here. Like we don't need that at this point. Listen, I got Bradley Beal at home. I don't need this. Listen, yeah. we got a we got a kid giving giving you twenty plus off the bench at night. So yeah. to start turning all of this over for somebody who is unsure where they want to be and who also wants to be the man, like yeah. you're not rolling into Miami talking about I'm the man. We already got Kyle, we got Jimmy, we got Bam. At this point, Yurt might yeah. be the man. So yeah. you're not, you know, like you can't come in here thinking you want to be the man on your own on on somebody else's team. Like you got to get in where you fit in. Right. That's just that's what it is. So to, to be moving all these pieces around or for a lateral move, even it's not even worth it. Yeah. Shy, what you think? So. I have a, a couple of mindsets, right? So um, if we're just making lateral moves just for the sake to say that we did something like we did this action, that's done. Right. Um, <clears throat> I think, though, I think last night may have been a, a little bit of a, a good peek at it. Again, these next kind of couple are going to be really, really huge. Um, you know, we have guys that, 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 like you said, will go through the wall for you. Um, and we've seen them perform kind of at their peak, uh, kind of their optimal level that they have been uh, this season when it's a number of those type of guy playing together at the same time, maybe with the exception of like Caleb uh, and, and doing the things that he does athletically. Um, and, 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 and Max just seems to kind of be on fire, but I, what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is I think that the, the, the potential of kind of the guys that we have on the bench, we see maximized when they're together with Kyle, right. When it's uh, Kyle and these guys. Kyle plus bench. Yeah. Boom. Kyle plus Mitch. Al says Kyle plus G leaders. He's so disrespectful. But the G League is fine. <laughs> um, I think I think that you you might come up uh, up to a time where um, you recognize that you do kind of you're unable, I guess, to get all of those people on the floor at the same time. But there is a particular type of thing that you wish that you kind of had that would alleviate the need to even have to wish that you had to go to these guys or that you mm. could go to these right. guys. Like if, if there's a, if there is a move that I think kind of does a little bit of consolidation, but also addresses the needs, then I think that you do it. Bradley Bell ain't it. I like Tiff said, we don't have time for like all the shenanigans. Um, wifey tweeting about, you know, loving being at the beach, knowing he's linked to Miami. Like, they know the, the games and the we like, right. wanted you some seasons ago. I like you, but like, I don't, I don't think that that's the, the direction at all. Um, if there's a move to be made, I think that it, um, one, it, it centers around Duncan Robinson because he's the, the only kind of uh, attractive, he's the only, uh, he's the only contract, right? He's the only attractive piece of money that, that, that makes any sense. And then you sweeten it with one, two of however the others guys, right. Um, which of the one, two it is you give up. I know my guy Gabe um, is at the, the bottom of that kind of totem pole, what we're getting back, depending on, you know, I'm, I'm fine with a move. Uh, someone talked about, uh, mentioned Lori Markinen. I love Lori. I would, I would, 
I, I'm not giving up Struess for for Lori. No, 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 no. I, and that's what, no. I'm not giving up Struess, and I'm not giving up Caleb. The most I'm giving up for a marketing or any. The most I'm willing to consolidate and get back a player that I think helps would be Duncan, um, Kyle Guy, KZ, uh, KZ, and Gabe. I love Gabe, but I'm not giving up anything higher I'm than Gabe. Not I'm even give, giving up, up Gabe for Lowry. No. Oh, I would, I would, I would. But I have other ways that I see things kind of could could maybe shake out and, and make it make sense. Because if you give up, then if you give up a game, then you can move one of Kyle or Jimmy to the primary ball okay. for the second. And then you can still have one of them and the rest okay. of the others. Um, well, but we're forgetting something. Because we're talking about moves and, and all these things. Right, right. But like, let's not act like we got one in the chamber. What do you mean? We 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 got Black Superman just just waiting to come out. Oh yeah, yes, so yeah, yeah. Let's, Shaq let's is coming Victor, back. No, Ooh. Victor Oladipo, girl. <laughs> so Shaq is coming back. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's a long time ago. That's a long, 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 long time ago. Dwight. Victor <laughs> Oladipo <laughs> is Black That's, Superman. That's true. That is that I completely forget about Victor Oladipo every single time I talk yeah. about the Heat. I forget that mm-hmm. he's just waiting. That's an in-season acquisition that's already on the bench. If he yeah. comes back 70 to up of, of, of better. And kind of your, your entire, like the, the starting lineup coming back kind of feels like an in-season acquisition too, mm-hmm. because you just yeah. have not had healthy Jimmy, healthy Bam and Kyle there. Um, and so like the theoretical points on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also like Duncan's value is not the highest. Like I think everyone knows what they're getting if they're trading for a guy like Duncan, but it's like, do you really trade a guy when like his one skill set is shooting and he's not really shooting the ball in the way that you want him to be doing at least? We could talk another two hours. That's that's a whole nother. <laughs> I've consumed nother. way too much Miami Heat basketball this year. Oh, it's I'm loving it. It's painful. <laughs> I like it. I like it because Kyle plus bench is like my favorite thing. Like that's literally like the Kyle calling card. And I'm so happy that another team gets to witness it because it's fun. Yeah. And like people are like heat culture, and I get it. It's like it's heat culture. This is what Spo does. It's any G leaguers you bring in, and it's like y'all have not been watching Kyle. He's been doing this for a decade. I've been buying in Patrick Patterson. I thought was a good player at one point. Yeah, he was though. But like he, it's Kyle. He, he, he was. <laughs> he but was. We don't, Patrick Patterson was a good. Well, I don't talk about Patrick Patterson around these parts. No, you know what? He, I don't either. I don't. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's garbage. <laughs> um. Also, Kyle made him. We're almost out of time. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, um, okay. So, um, I guess that brings us to our last point. What do y'all think is going to happen tomorrow when the oh. Raptors and the Heat square <clears throat> off? I think Heat win by three. Oh, okay. Because it's going to be. A, I think. I, I think the Heat will play an extremely ugly game tomorrow. Hmm. I say Heat by seven or nine. Mm, okay. Sandy, what do you have? <clears throat> I think the Heat win it. What? Girl. I do. <laughs> Thanks, come on, realism. <laughs> Talk to you, girl, Sandy. No, I don't. I, you know what? Like, yeah. I just, I, I, I hope that Pascal and Fred look the way that they have. Um, but then again, Kyle's not playing. And Kyle knows. Pascal, he knows Fred. He wouldn't 
been a menace. I was going to be annoying on the bench, just yelling. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be so annoying. They're used to that. Like, what's new? Kyle's been on the bench. Are you kidding? But we don't have like- a bench. And that's the thing. Like, we, mm. we do not have a bench. So when, unless Fred and Pascal and OG are going to play the 40 minutes that's needed um, to, to win this game, um, their bench is going to absolutely smoke ours. And I think that's going to be kind of the, uh, the deciding factor. I don't know what the score is going to be, but it our, our bench is not literally non-existent. Score five points in a in a, in a game where the Raptors scored a hundred points, like it's it's disgusting. So oh yeah, the Raptors bench is the worst bench in the league. Like we're talking it's about, so like the best bench in the league to quite right. easily the worst bench in the league. Easily, and like I said. Kyle Lowry, like a lot of these guys were on the bench last year. And I thought like Utah, the Chris Boucher, like there were a lot of guys that were like, there are some like nice guys. Like the bench was not this sore of a, of a spot last season, but yeah. um, losing Kyle Hurts, <laughs> losing Kyle Hurts your bench. <laughs> it's well, it's going to show, it's also going to show tomorrow with us playing without him. Yeah. Um, okay, I mean, yeah. it'll, it, you, you'll, you'll see a difference. I think, um, you know, the good thing is, is that, you know, Gabe is Gabe is ready. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the one thing I will say. He's had a lot of starts in the backcourt with Kyle this season. Um, so I think Gabe is ready. Um, but we'll see. We'll see a difference because still, you know, Jimmy's still working his way back. Tomorrow should be Bam's first game back. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is. It's going to look weird. It's going to look funky. And while it's looking weird and funky, that's your opportunity to kind of like take advantage of what's happening on the court. Yeah. Yeah. I think like it's, it's tough. Cause I, I really am interested in what the Raptors are going to look like. My favorite thing about the Raptors, I don't know how much Raptors basketball you guys have watched, but something that they're doing right now is they just have a bunch of like six, nine guys. The entire yeah. team is, is Fred Van Vliet, touch a bunch of like, everyone is built yeah. like Price Sister Chua or Scotty Barnes, um, which <laughs> Uh, which which is fun. And in watching them against the, the Bucks yesterday, and Sandy's right, they needed to play the starters 40 minutes. So I guess if the Raptors win or lose kind of comes down to how much does Nick Nurse want to win because how much yeah. he's playing of starters. Yeah. Um, second night of a back-to-back, playing your starters 40 minutes is absolutely insane. But he's like, we're going to beat the Bucks, And guess what? <laughs> we beat the Bucks. He's um, <laughs> No, but, but one of like, I think to me, one of the sort of like moments of like the Raptors could do this was a couple of years ago. And granted, Bam is an undersized five, but still having OG Ananobi, who has been the Raptors small forward, being able to guard Bam, being like putting OG at the five and watching him work and not get destroyed, but actually win those minutes and win that matchup. I think like at least made me believe Masai Ujiri is light years ahead of me in terms of thinking about basketball. But I think that was one of those moments where the Raptors really got to test this out and probably set this to themselves we can build this team because our guys can guard the fives. And then one of my favorite OG games was him doing the exact same thing against Nikola Jokic. And it was like, Oh, he can do this against actual centers as well. Um, Which is, which is very important because yeah, Bam is an undersized five, but just until yesterday watching them against the bucks, it's, it just really struck me how small the bucks were. They have so many guards, like everyone outside of, like Drew was out, but outside of like Chris Middleton, Giannis and Bobby Portis, everybody was a guard. It felt like everyone was six, five or under. And like, you guys have a lot of bigs, especially with Dunk, with um, Duncan coming back, with Bam coming back. You have Deadman, 
you have Bam, you have Omar Yurtsevin, you have like guys that are over six. I mean, you have the Tylers and, and, and the Duncans and you have the Gabe Vincents, but like, I don't think you guys are as small yeah. as the Milwaukee Bucks really felt yesterday. But to me, it's almost like I don't recognize how small a team is until I watch OG Ananobi at the two and, and Precious at the three and Siakam at the four. Yeah, and I'm like, four. oh, yeah. okay. Oh. Every team is tiny because yeah. the Raptors are just doing yeah. this insane thing where everybody on the court is six, nine. So that to me has always been the difference maker in watching these games this year is just like how much bigger are the Raptors at every single position or at least two through four. Um, and, and I think that that's been the sort of decider. And unless you guys are playing multiple bigs together, I kind of like the Raptors in this one too. Yeah, I mean, as far as like the multiple bigs and Di, I guess, what, what do you think it'll be? It'll be PJ and it'll be Bam. Like, yeah, like, I didn't even I mention PJ, but I was thinking of <laughs> PJ and Bam, be, yeah. That's going to be the, the multiple bigs. But and the Jimmy, thing about that's it is, big. That's a big lineup yeah, already. But, and <laughs> PJ plays way bigger than he is because oh, yeah, yeah. we're, we're PJ disciples. we've had pj on the raptors twice and just pj disciples here love him yeah yeah so i that's going to be the you know that 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 uh front court that mm. is, is going to be doing work i mean i i would assume that yurt will probably get some minutes deadman mm-hmm. will get some minutes but the combination will probably end up being pj and bam yeah that might be Shai, big what, what do you think I have so many feelings. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, I think that, my, I love your point. Everything that you just said about the length that you have at that wing spot is, it's, you keep calling Bam an undersized spot, and he fucking is. I've been saying that for like a couple oh, years. Oh, is that wrong? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> oh, she's, been, she's been saying it nonstop. Okay. Bam she's is not a five. At, at best, he's an undersized five. But, you put him on Toronto, he looks like a wing. He looks like a forward, which is yeah. another podcast we could have, but the place that <laughs> kind of look like see Miami try him a little bit. But and so 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 we have we have a band, we have a PJ, PJ, um, you know, this this physical kind of round mound who can get up under you, he can dislodge you, he can get you off balance. But you have y'all have enough of y'all have enough length that can do enough of both things being dribble and put the ball on the floor, mm-hmm. but can also shoot. Can also shoot. Chris Boucher. Yeah. And I'm a, these last yeah, right. I want <laughs> Chris Boucher can shoot. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm, hating. I'm hating for no reason. I'm hating for no reason. <laughs> well, listen, it's slow and smooth, but he's gonna get them off. Fred Van Vliet, he's coming he's off. He's definitely going to get him off. <laughs> he he doesn't care who else. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Pass? <laughs> what? No. They're going to get him off. Um, Pascal can get him off. Also, uh, it's a slower, smoother release. It's not a it's shooting. It doesn't look natural to him yet, um, but he'll take it, right? Uh, Fred is coming off of any of y'all's pin action looking to score. He's not yeah. passing the ball out. He's either stopping, pulling that shit from three, or he's getting inside a bit and still is going to give you um, some ISO moves. So yeah. I think the thing that I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow is how we go about kind of using our size. Because again, ideally you guys are built in the one of the ways of like my basketball dreams. Like if Giannis was y'all's five, I, it would be like that is why we built this team, Giannis. Uh, 
my God. We but built it for it, him and he just said, no, I'm going to say in your image. <laughs> I think that in his image. OK, I, I, I don't know. I think you guys have pieces heart there. Um, but I, I give us a Jimmy nod. Um, I give us Kyle on the bench. And, and I don't think it I think it'll be kind of mucky throughout because we'll be seeing a lot of trying to combat um, offensive with defensive looks. Are we playing Garrett in the drop? Bam's back. Are we switching the whole time? We might have to switch because Fred, like I said, is coming off looking to pop. So, like, what that kind of tug of war looks like. Um, but I give us a Jimmy and um, and, and a, a Bam edge. Bam is built like a lot of y'all, but I'm expecting something kind of differently from Bam uh, mentally. So I asked why I, why I give us the edge. But I really, really like everything that you just said because, my God, from Pascal to OG to uh, Boucher to the wingspan to Precious Achua, you know, we we want we want no, no, no. We we uh, we we talk about having that like that forward that is just. Oh, yeah. We we joke about five bams. We thought Precious was going to be one of the five bams. Ain't got there yet. Y'all the closest thing to five bams. (laughs) Precious. I like Precious. I like like Precious. Precious is my favorite, like, anomaly in the world because you'll watch him in some moments and you're like, what? This man should be in the Hall of Fame tomorrow. How can a human being do that? And then you'll watch him and you're like, has he ever picked up a basketball in his life? Like, does he? (laughs) Yes. Like, does he not know how to, like, do it? Like, he just, he is so, it's, it's so interesting. And, like, more often than not, especially on the offensive end, he kind of just looks like, like people have just been calling him a negative offensive player. Um, and just the nicest, I think that's the nicest way possible that you can really put some of the offense that he's been playing. Some people have called him the worst offensive player they've ever seen in basketball. I think that might be a little extreme, but he has these moments where he absolutely looks brilliant. He was starting off like preseason hitting threes. And I was like, Precious can shoot the three. Yeah, we knew that. This is fantastic. You're asking us like about our Kyle Lowry experience. I want to know you guys as precious and however you felt about the whole Goran yeah. thing. The Give Goran, me precious. The Goran <laughs> thing. The Goran thing is like the Goran thing is I like I don't. He was never. It didn't matter, right? Like like Goran was not like if he was going to be important for the Raptors, it was like okay, maybe he can help the bench and like the bench desperately needs help. So it's yeah. like yeah, but I. You know, I like I believe in hyperboles. I think fans should overreact to things. I think it's just a fun part of the fan experience. Um, but like I get that he's coming off of a team that just made the finals and he played a critical or a crucial role on it. He's coming back to this team now with the Raptors. And I think all of us were like, we have no idea what this team is going to be. We don't know if Messiah's looking to blow it up. We don't know how young they're gonna go. They just got a, a fourth overall pick in the lottery. Who knows what's going on? So like understanding him not wanting to come to a team and really contribute to a team that might not even make the playoffs because that's how it was looking to start the year. Um, but I, like, I don't care. Like, I was just like, if, if we don't have him on the bench because you have, and what the Raptors have often done is not have vets on the bench, but have young guys that they can develop and grow. That's kind of been what the Raptors bench is for. Um, so a guy like Precious always made sense to me. I know people have been really surprised at the Raptors wanting Precious specifically, but he has ties to Masai Ujiri from Giants of Africa. Um, both of the men are Nigerian. They they just have long ties from specifically Giants of Africa. Masai Ujiri's wanted him since he was drafted. I'm saying that like that was long ago. <laughs> just drafted a year ago. <laughs> um, but uh, so long ago, back in 2020. Um, 
But uh, so, yeah, so it makes sense. I like I like Precious. I think he's been phenomenal for the Raptors defensively. I think yesterday was a masterclass from from Precious on the defensive end. Um, He's so good and he's so fun. And when he has his moments where he has these high points, you can see what he can become. And that promise is something that's really difficult to give up on. Um, So I've enjoyed the Precious experience. He fits in perfectly with what the Raptors are doing because everyone is built like him. And he he can bring the ball up, which is is fun. Uh, he he had this one play yesterday where he literally had the ball, was going back, like running in transition. It was just precious. There's, there's no one around. How did he lose the ball? What happened? Like, precious, what are you doing? <laughs> he gets all the way to the basket and somehow loses the ball. And you're just like, what? <laughs> like, how? how? Right. Um, and that's just that's kind of the precious experience. You're going to get some some down moments, but he he was phenomenal. I mean, he he played some minutes on Giannis, and like I said, six to seventeen shooting from Giannis. Uh, everyone who's had minutes on him was great. So I think with precious, you're taking the go with the bad. There's a lot of bad there on the offensive end, but it's really raw. You can see it. You can. Yep. He has yep. moments where you're yep. like, holy! Like if he can put yep. this together, this is an insane career he can have. Um, but he's raw. And I, I was kind of a proponent of him playing with the G League, which is something that the Raptors didn't do for whatever reason. I thought he would be perfect to play with them and get some run there just because that's where Pascal Siakam came from. That's where Fred Van Vliet came from. That's where Norman Powell came from. That's where all of the Raptors starters came from. Right. So it, it doesn't, it's not like a, a sign of disrespect or anything. The Raptors really use their G League in, for their first and second year players. But that's not something that the Raptors did. And I think... A lot of that was Pascal Siakam was hurt to start the year and they've had so many injuries that they need as many guys as they can have. Uh, so it just didn't make sense. But he's been fun. What about you, Sandy? Yeah, on the defensive end, I absolutely love Precious. I feel like he reads it. For, he reads the, the what he needs to do defensively very, very well. On offense, he has tunnel vision. So like when he has mm-hmm. the ball, his only objective is to go to the basket and sometimes it just doesn't make sense love please pass the ball like if fred is open (laughs) for a three and you have like four defenders in the paint just just pass the ball Mm. right and so there's been a lot of moments where we're just like okay how is he going to learn to read the offense a little better and i think the struggle is that hey yo if you do want to take it if you do want to have tunnel vision make the shot Right. That's my thing. Make it something you can do. Like Fred has tunnel vision, but like more times than not, he'll, he'll make the shot. So you, you just let it go. Right. Um, so with precious, it's, it's interesting because like in terms of his body, he's like the prototype of like what we want on this team, the kind of player we want on this team defensively. He's exactly, he fits the system so well. It's, it's been seamless in that sense. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see how his offense develops. And I'm very interested to see what he does moving forward. Cause like what Iman said is completely correct. Like there are moments where he gets to the rim, he bodies people and you're just like, holy, holy shit. (laughs) This might be like OG, um, again. Um, but then you have moments where you're like, yeah, you should be in the doghouse like nurse should not play you for the next 10 games like you he's should be in the like, nba what are you doing it's been like a couple of plays like <laughs> i don't know if it was i don't know i think it was the game before the pistons game but he did something absolutely ridiculous and nurse like five seconds after he did it was like go to the bench like don't even 
like I'm not <laughs> taking this shit. Like, kind of the benefit. Don't you talk to me. That's <laughs> the benefit. You know what you did. You you just like no. Yeah, we don't do that. That's kind of the benefit of like being a, a forward on this team. Is everybody is a forward on this team? So if Nick Nurse needs to pull the plug. He'll pull the blood. Yeah. Like, it's fine. But if there is a, a group of, of executives that isn't the Miami Heat that can probably bring out what it is, is there for, you know, to be brought out. I think it's you guys, like you said, mm-hmm. the entirety of the the, the kind of meat of, of the Toronto sandwich is a bunch of dudes that look like him who came from a G League type of background right. um, yeah. and put in the work and had the people around them to develop and, and get the skill set that it is that they want for that organization. So, Shit, if we couldn't do it, I, I I hope that you guys right. I really like Precious. Like I would have liked to have kept him as possible, but I know, you know, what it is that, right. that wanted in Kyle. I mean, and he's getting the minutes, right? He's getting yep. the minutes yep. here. He's getting the yep. so. he's getting the run. Yep. Can't hear you muted. Iman, can't hear you. I would have loved to have him with Kyle. That would be like that's kind of the the missed opportunity there. I know they needed to be moved for one another, but I think that would have been perfect. Yeah. And I think one of the pro- problems with Precious specifically, and I think it's something that all of the guys, like all of these same type of players that we're talking about have really had to go through is they're, they can do so many things because they are so athletic, because they are so big, because they are so strong, but they just do too much. Yes. And that's been Precious's mm-hmm. thing is he just does too much. And it's like, you didn't need to do five things when you had the ball one time, you're going to get it back. Like you don't need to, I think he just does too much. Or sometimes he like knowing your limitations. Like one of the things we talked about Kyle Lowry before is, is how self-aware he is as a player in recognizing his own limitations, right? And like, he knows that he's a six foot. He knows he's an undersized, thicker guard. He's not going to do too much. You're not going to see him go up for a dunk. He's not going to try it because he's not going to make it. He's 35. He's aware. And I feel like someone like Precious is not as aware of his limitations. And because, and I think part of that is because he has so few limitations because of how he's built like a basketball. If I'm going to build a basketball player, I'm building Precious Achua. And for that reason, I think he just does the most on offense and it doesn't always work out, but it's there. Whatever it is that he needs, like he has it. It's just a matter of like getting him there. And I think that's a a big thing for a lot of young players in general. Mm. They, once they, once they, you know, get to touch the court, they just do too much. They don't, they don't know yet to stay within the flow of the game. They just think I'm out here. I get it. Let me just let it. Let me let it fly. Let me just shoot it. Um, Because even like to a lesser degree is um, I don't mean to a lesser degree as far as like not knowing what to do. I think to a lesser degree that this guy just became like almost forgotten um, is KZ. Like Mm -hmm. there's so he his he has a huge skill set. Got the tools, man. He has the tools, but for some reason. Work, work him out. Fix him. Yes. But but for some reason, he becomes fix-it Felix. All of a sudden, there's glitches, and he's moving around and moving too much, and you forget you're dribbling the ball, or you, you're going for a spin move, and then all of a sudden, it becomes a hook, and it's just... There, That's up there's to too many Exactly. There's too many things happening, and I just think the young guys get so... They get so caught up in the moment that they're in the league that they forget you still learning. Like mm. this is still teachable moments. And I guess also like the brain is the hardest thing to slow down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then again, like if you're in the NBA, you think you're the best player on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to get to the NBA if you don't think you have all the right. tools and the ability. Right. I think it's just coming to terms with 
maybe that you might not be the best player on the floor and you need to work within what what you have. The, Is that a sub tweet at Chris Boucher? Wow. Oh. <laughs> Look, I didn't say <laughs> no, but he's done such a great job. No, I'm at joking. Yeah, kind yeah. of figuring out what he can and cannot do, right? Like he you're not the, Stephen the two- Curry, Christopher. <laughs> you're, you're not, not Stephen, Stephen Curry. Curry. Yo, um, and I think Chris Boucher, let it rain. Let it fly tomorrow. Let it Yo, fly tomorrow. I don't, no. I don't, I don't remember it's who slow. said this. If we close out well, we should be fine. <laughs> it's slow. <laughs> it gets them all. But if we close out <laughs> under control and discipline, we should be okay. <laughs> He's going to just let it fly tomorrow. Honestly, I can just see him. <laughs> like even yesterday, playing against the Bucks, like he hit that, the two threes. Yo. And then he just started throwing them up. I'm like, Boucher, like, Please chill, chill. He at least made passes. There, he'll go. He'll, he'll, he at least made passes. Who was it? I think it was like halfway through. I think it might have even been in 2020, like in in 2022. I forgot what year we're in. Um, was someone said he had like 19 total um potential assists, which is like (laughs) like. Through through to this year, I think it was. I think I think this is uh, like I, I want to say that. Um, what a wild stat! <laughs> but like no, but think about a guy who plays as much as he has. Yeah. Like he's not missed significant time, like two and a half months of basketball, and you have nineteen total potential potential assists. He does not pass the ball. It is, it is nice. He does not pass the ball. So he, he did it not. yesterday. I feel like that that has improved in January. He probably has 19 potential assists on its own. So he, 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 he nurse told him about himself. a little bit more. But like, it, I've never seen a player with the tunnel vision. Of, That's hilarious. Of He's in the locker nurse room, told him like, about himself. He said that you are about to be shipped out. So you need to figure out what you need to do. Like, stop shooting the ball. Yo. Like, nurse. He came nurse in. He, so he literally comes off the And it's not even like he's taking good shots. They're all above the break threes. Chris Boucher, what are you doing? Yo, he, he coming in the locker room after the game. Come on. Y'all saw that almost assist? <laughs> the funny thing is I that he goes it. through his Twitter to see what fans are saying about him and Yo, react because he gets so angry that, that we're <laughs> I saw you I saw you right but I didn't think you had that I was angle. thinking about so it I, I knew you was I got you I got you next time I got you I got you you know what happened was so what you were gonna cut but what had happened was cut. you didn't cut so I was like oh but I knew you wasn't gonna cut so like shit I'll just take it <laughs> no it was I go like ahead. I got it the way that the light hit the angle on the hardwood on the floor like I right. just I was about to but you know it blinded me a little bit the reflection off your shoes you know uh, we got no fans so it's all dark so you kind of right blink. it's cold you know, in there cold in here <laughs> I thought you were a fan that stumbled onto the court. I was like, you're I not supposed to be here. I got you. I got you. Don't worry. I got you. Because Jay's the funniest basketball player, but he's been really good. He was so good against that block on Giannis, Chris, um, which was like a, a, a double action. That was that was precious and Chris Boucher working together. Gave you me know, you Ka- had Kawhi and Danny vibes for sure. You had like, it was so funny because you just have like precious guarding Giannis and then you see Chris Boucher's like, He's so slim that he was hiding behind Precious the entire time. I don't think Giannis saw him. I think he was literally hiding behind Precious. And Giannis like, I got this over Precious. And then Chris Boucher's <laughs> arms just extend out of nowhere and swat that back. It was beautiful. That was um, 
So thank you just, guys. Let me, yeah. I just want to say this real quick. And Kawhi been the same since he left y'all. Yeah. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because what the fuck is going on over there? Yo, so, that's a mess. <laughs> this is Alex I almost McKetney. feel bad for them. And this I is almost, Alex McKetney. Shouldn't have left them. You would have taken I don't care. feel bad for them. I don't listen. <laughs> it's billionaires that run this show. That's you true. Feel, you feel bad for Steve Ballmer? Tight no, I feel, I feel bad for no. I want goodness. I feel bad for Kawhi because he's he's gonna have to carry a rebuilding team at this point. And he Girl. said that he didn't think that we could repeat. That's Girl. why time he out. Left. Time out. Can I say yeah. this? Can I just say this one more time, just for people who forgot? The Raptors had the second best record in the NBA the year after Kawhi Leonard left. They had the second best record in the NBA. They were po- they were so good up until the bubble came and Pascal Siakam had an injury and just could not rebound. He was not healthy enough. Also, also because we haven't been able to talk about it. I don't want to eat up so much of your time, but we have not really had a podcast where I got to go off on people about Pascal Siakam because of what the? Yeah. I feel that way too. Speak on it. Say your things. I have. Go ahead. Go ahead. All, All the right. things. So, on it. So. Pascal Siakam has gotten so much hate since the bubble. It's been two years of just constant hate. Also, people keep like this is something that I talked about on Friday. People keep comparing his playoff struggles to Julius Randle. This is a side tangent because I go on those. Um, Pascal Siakam did have like a, a really terrible playoffs. It was fine. It was fine. Julius Randle shot ten percent worse. Julius Randle shot ten percent worse from the floor. Then Pascal Siakam, when I Googled that shit and I saw what both of them shot, I was like, yeah, Pascal Siakam, 39%, that shit. And I was like, Julius Randle shot 10% worse and people are calling it the same playoffs? Excuse you? No. Also, okay, but that's besides the point. Let's get into the actual point about you guys and your Pascal Siakam hate. Pascal's been getting hate so much. This is a man who came back from a groin injury and was clearly not healthy. People talk about him failing in the playoffs as if he's some sort of like playoff choker. In the finals, in the NBA finals, his first fucking finals game, he was guarded by, um, by, what's his name? Are we talking about Orlando? No, 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 finals, finals. Oh, 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 um, Draymond? Draymond? He was guarded by Draymond Green and put up his most efficient stat line. It is one of the most efficient finals games ever in NBA history, point blank, period. Not of a Raptor, not of like Pascal's, yeah, it's Pascal's most um, efficient game too. But it's like, the most dominant performances against Draymond Green, a man who won't shut up about being the best NBA defender in the history of all time, and a man who loves up on himself for the defense that he plays. Listen, and he's important. He's so important. We just watched the Warriors just get their asses kicked. But Pascal Siakam has been phenomenal for this team. I don't even know where I'm going with this. Just the hate that he had consistently, and it was so stupid, and everybody's talking about trading him. This is why you don't trade a player when they are at their lowest value. What the fuck would you have gotten for Pascal Siakam last year if you traded him? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's a man who just put up 30, 10, and 10 on Giannis. He just put up 30, 10, and 10 on the fucking Bucks right now, playing out of his mind, playing the best basketball that we've ever seen. They keep sending the trap at him. You watch Chris Middleton get double team and his head breaks. He doesn't even know what the fuck to do. He's like, I don't, they're sending two people at me. What do I do? I'm scared. He can't dribble around anybody. And then you watch the ball in Pascal Siakam's hands. You want to credit Fred Van Vliet for the run that he's been on? Great. Fred Van Vliet has been phenomenal. 
But what allows Fred Van Vliet to just jack up shots is having Pascal Siakam on ball and bring the ball up. Having your forward be able to do that and be the playmaker that he has grown to be and attack the basket in the way that he's able to attack it, he gets to the free throw line. If you're talking about the Raptors needing more free throws, he's the sole person that does that for you at a consistent rate because he attacks the basket in a way that no one else can. OG Ananobi's handle is just not there. People were talking about OG Ananobi being the next Kawhi Leonard and you don't need um, Pascal Siakam. OG Ananobi can't even be the next Pascal Siakam. What are we doing? OG Ananobi has never been as good as Pascal Siakam was two years ago. And Pascal Siakam is better than Pascal Siakam was two years ago. And that's not disrespect OG Ananobi, who's been phenomenal. OG is a great player. He's still a young player. He's still growing. That's not disrespect to him at all. But you do not trade who you have for the next person. And for everybody who was talking about Scotty Barnes coming, so you don't need Pascal Siakam, what the fuck are we doing? And why can't we play both of them together? I don't That's understand. What I don't understand. <laughs> why does it have to be one or the other? No one says, oh, wait, you know, Curry's such a great shooter. You don't need Clay Thompson anymore. Why do you need two shooters on your team? You don't like you get as many great basketball players as possible. You build the best team that you can build. And having a guy like Pascal Siakam, who has a skill set of Pascal Siakam, who is an all NBA level defender playing the best defense of his career, who can bring the ball up and allows your point guard who likes to just jack up shots and is phenomenal at that. And we need him to continue to do that but allows him to really be the true shooting guard that his heart desires. And it, it, like, it, it allows like, it allows um, Scotty to also come in and progress it his way. And it allows OG to do the exact same thing. OG Ananobi no longer has to be the primary option. He doesn't have to be that guy. Can he be that guy in the future? Sure. Yes. Um, is he like, is his all short chances and all this other stuff kind of hurt with Pascal Siakam playing at the level it is? Sure. Yeah. His personal accolades are, but I think he grows and becomes a better player we're seeing an incredibly efficient OG Ananobi um, right now because he gets to be that third guy. When the Bucks are double teaming Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam at every single opportunity, who gets the open look? It's OG Ananobi. OG gets to do that. OG coming back from injury right now, working his way back into the lineup, gets the freedom of being the tertiary option. And that unlocks his game in a whole other way. Pascal Siakam is so important and integral to what this team does. And everybody has been stuck on, can he be the number one option? Can he be the number one option? Who the fuck cares? You're not winning a championship this year. And we saw it. You saw DeMar DeRozan not be the number one option right now. But look at what he's doing with Chicago. Guys improve and guys grow. And like, I don't know why you're not giving Pascal Siakam the rope to be able to do that. It was stupid then. So like, apologize to him, write him a note and just never talk about anything ever again because I'm tired. I'm definitely going to clip that at some point and post it. Thank you so much. I just, I needed, I just like, it (laughs) needed to get off my chest. Sorry, this was the heat conversation, but I haven't been able. For you too. Pascal Siakam has all of the tools. He has everything that you want an ideal basketball player to be, to look like the measurables, the height, the length, the the athleticism. He has all of the things. And so this, the idea that this guy who, who 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 you've just seen like be this as dynamic as he was like come off of a groin injury and it pisses me off it, it's like it's so many people who've never had to do it never had to play never have had to like push their bodies beyond what you feel like it can give you at that time like you don't know what that shit is like and so to the to, to to rag on someone who is built to be able to do the game of basketball the way that a pascal is and just like just fucking write him off 
It never made sense to me. He can't be a number one option. What does that mean? It's the exact him. So his argument is the exact argument I have with someone like a Brandon Ingram. I love Brandon Ingram. Motherfuckers were mad that Brandon wasn't giving you 27 and eight his first year. He came in the league. He was fucking like 85 pounds soaking yeah. wet. That was a baby. Like, let that boy develop. And I think it's interesting that people, it's almost kind of analogous to, to Miami's kind of conundrum with a with a Duncan Robinson in a in a fucking in a Max Struess, right? Like Duncan has been in this slump. Max has played really, really well. Like you ended your point with who the hell said that we can't play both of these guys? Like if 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 you're moving a player kind of hearkening to something we talked about earlier, if you're moving people to shore up that you can play everyone so that you can maximize the kind of the totality of your roster, then fine. But if you're just shipping people out on this idea that there's not space for two people who can shoot the, I'm talking Miami shit is shooting the ball. You don't want multiple people that can shoot the ball. Toronto, you don't want multiple switchblade, like just versatile type of athletes, type of, of, of ball players. I, I never, I don't watch a lot of Toronto when I do watch, I know what I'm looking at. I know what I'm seeing as kind of with, you know, kind of whatever basketball I'm looking at there. It made no sense to me that I saw that I felt like I saw so many of y'all mm-hmm. out on Pascal as early as you was. I was dumbfounded. I take I would take Pascal. And he's still. He's but the thing he is, he's, he's not even finished. Ball. He's, he's not a finished product. He's, he's better right now than he ever has been. And this is a guy who is the number two scoring option on a championship team. He's so young. Oh my god! He's so young. He's he's only gonna get better. That's well. Here's also like okay, I get what like yes, and and to to kind of like go back to what you just said, shy. So there is a little bit something as to why most of the time we probably shouldn't play Max and Duncan at the same time. Is that defense? Is that defense? Right. I'm <laughs> their limitations are the same. Like, yeah, I was going to say they're different. Their case isn't exactly the same as the Pascals and the Torontos. Exactly. It's really why them motherfuckers shouldn't share the court. There's no reason like, for it. Right. There's no reason for it. There's like literally no reason. You can say that, like, yeah, if you have Duncan and you have Max Shoes, neither one are like plus defenders. Both of them can shoot the shit out of the ball, but like, it, that's one's a better ball handler than the other. Right. He gets a lot more time. Like, go ahead. Okay, no, no, that's fair. That's fair. But like, it, it, just, it doesn't make any sense. And like, all of this has been, a lot of it too has been like for the future because it's like you need a number. So what Raptor fans are really stuck on is this idea that you need a number one player. You need your number one option. And I think that like, I, I think that that is not the way that you build a team because what happens when you have your number one option, they're going to need a number two. And guess what? You traded away the most versatile number two. I think I think if I'm building a number two, if I'm picking a number two, I'm picking a guy like Pascal Siakam. Like that is the perfect number two guy. He's an excellent defender, like an excellent sort of like Romer defender, too, because he's just so long. Right. Mm -hmm. So like you can pay him as like your free safety for using football terms. He's perfect in that space. He's also can handle the ball. He's not a great shooter, but like is not afraid to take it. And will take it. Like, it's not like he's scared. We, we've seen him consistently do it. We've seen him even have seasons where he shot the ball pretty well. Um, and he can get to the free throw line. He can handle the ball. But there's so, there's just not a lot of like egregious holes in his game where you're like, this is the issue. So the idea that you're trading him away makes absolutely no sense, yeah. um, especially for the idea of a number one option because 
that like that's not how the Raptors have ever operated. We've had Demar Derozan. Iman, and I think here. I think what the issue is is that I yeah. think Hawaii coming here kind of ruined the fan base in a sense, right? Um, because I think what a lot of fans have forgotten is that the reason why the championship team became the championship team is because we had that continuity, right? Everybody had been on the team for a number of, um, of years. Um, and so they had the perfect team to bring a Kawhi Leonard into. So when we speak about this number one option, we need a number one option. They forget what it took to develop the players so that we could trade a Damar and a Jakob for a Kawhi Leonard and still have a team that could function around him and essentially win a championship. Um, so I think we have this idea, one, that we have to be contenders every single year, which, no, that's not how NBA teams right. work. You're going to have... Miami fans. A lull. Mm-hmm. Sorry, say that again. Miami oh, fans. Miami too. fans. You're going to have a lull. Sometimes you're, you're going to be, you know, a number one seed. Sometimes you're going to be number eight, right? Like it's, it takes time to develop these players into the type of player that you want on your team. That does not happen within a day. And with Pascal... People being super down on Pascal is interesting because I think Pascal's development is something that we haven't really seen in the NBA. To be a bench player that was averaging three points. A G-leaguer. A G-leaguer. A G-leaguer that was averaging three points and he couldn't dribble. Like you did not want to see Pascal dribbling the ball at all. To turn into what he is now, you don't see that. So to completely give up on a player that has developed in the way that he has and you know has the work ethic you know is going to put in every bit of sweat, tears, blood, whatever, right. to become the player that you need him to be. It's crazy that fans just turned on him because of one bad bubble playoffs when you'd seen him the year before win a championship. I think he's allowed to have a bad Run of especially, games. That's okay. Because it wasn't the playoffs. It's not like the playoffs came and he abs- like he just shrunk. He was bad that entire bubble when the Raptors were even having their like working games and like right. none of the like the games that didn't even matter before the actual regular season games that did matter. He was just bad. So hey, maybe it's that big injury that he was coming back from, and not the fact that the playoffs came and he ended up shrinking. Because this is a guy who went up against Jonathan Isaac. Oh, I can't believe we're running out of time here. This is a guy who went up against Jonathan Isaac. Did I lose you guys? Oh, okay. No. This, is a guy, this is a guy who went up against Jonathan Isaac in the first round, Joel Embiid in the second round, Giannis Attentacumbo in the third round, and Draymond Green in the finals. That is who guarded him that entire time. That's not just like, oh, those were the players on the team. No, no, no. That is who guarded Pascal Siakam that entire way, and he still was the second option. It doesn't make any sense, but like, whatever. I didn't want to do that. I have one last question for you guys before you guys leave. Um, has I... I don't want to eat up this much. Okay, hold on. I always love Kyle Lowry. It's just a bunch of Raptor fans loving Kyle Lowry and the questions. Um, uh, oh, wait, we have one Raptors question from Robert uh, who asks, is Scotty happy with his current role? I think Open Gym and Anobi asked this question. Okay. Oh, and it sucks with him. Okay. So um, is, is Kyle, is Scotty happy with his current role? I think so. I, I like, I, I don't know what, like, I guess because in the beginning of the year, OG and OB and Scotty um, Barnes really got to take uh, control of the Raptors offense. How many people were saying Scotty's already the best Raptor um, as soon as the season really started? 
But here's the thing. Rookies hit a wall. He's never played this amount of minutes, especially because his one college year was um, was a COVID season, too. So he didn't get to practice as much. He didn't get to play as much. So at this point in the season, I think most rookies have hit their wall. He's never played this amount of minutes. He's never played this amount of games, um, especially at the level that he's playing at. So I think it's fine. I think this is probably necessary. I don't think you want to overtax your rookie in their in in their first year. Um, and also, so, yeah, to adjust to playing with Pascal, right? Like mm. for uh, they fit well. I like season, he wasn't playing with Pascal, um, and so and they've played really well together. I think his tendency to be a pass first player is showing up a little bit. Um, whereas in the beginning of the season, he he was kind of on go and he he wanted to shoot the ball. And so I think he has to kind of readjust how he navigates that. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it's okay to shoot. Like you don't always have to pass it to Pascal. You don't always have to pass it to Fred. Um, but I think it'll come. Like he has all the tools. Like Scotty, I don't think, I think what as fans, what we need to do is just let him develop at his pace. Mm-hmm. Like we know he has the tools. We know he's going to be a great player. Like this, he has everything you need <laughs> in a player. Um, and so it's just essentially just letting him develop, you know, the three is there. It's going, he's only going to get better. Um, you know, he has the hook shot. He can, he can get to the foul line. Like he has everything it takes. Just let him develop. Don't worry about his place. They're going to figure it out with time. Mm. That's it. That's fair. And I have a question for, for, uh, you both Siobhan and, and Tiffany. Um, why isn't Kyle getting credit for keeping, uh, the Miami heat afloat while Bam and Jimmy were out? not just from the national media, but from Heat fans too, as Lucky 13E. Well, I mean, first of all, the national media don't even know the Heat exists. We, <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm not someone who likes that narrative, but it really is, it's, it's a bit more I'm than it. push it. There's something to it. Go ahead. I'm yeah, there is it. something to it. So There's yeah, they don't even it. know, they don't know the Heat exists. Um, they might not even know that Kyle's even playing for the Heat at this point. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, Heat, it's so interesting because Heat fans spend too much time thinking about the next thing. Mm. Um, everybody's thinking about the next thing right now instead of enjoying this, this, this little mix of what's happening. And um, like, you know, we, we always talk about Gianni anytime we're, we're, we're bringing up number seven. The reality is the real ones see what he's doing. Mm. And then that's just how it's going to be. I think Heat fans are, you know, they, they pick they pick a player and, and that's just it. So you can you can ask a Heat fan, you know, who's your favorite player? They can only talk to you about Bam. There is, you know, nothing else is happening with anyone else on the team. It's it's Bam first. It's Bam second. It's Bam third. Mm. Um, there's a little bit of tunnel vision that comes that comes with that, because as I recall, you know, over the summer, they were, we were all clamoring for a point guard. We all knew we needed one. We just were like, who's coming? Who's coming? And so, and so we finally got one. I think there's a, there's a small contingency to just kind of just ignore a lot of little things. Because yes. the thing is, he, you know, if he comes out and he has poor shooting, and it's so funny because I just said this to um, Shad, I think maybe today, I said, you know, he drives me crazy crazy with the shooting but I cannot discredit all these other things that he's done that mm-hmm. has gotten us to this point yeah so you've got to you've got to honestly be watching the game 
Yeah, you I was know, gonna say I think just, it's the shooting. I think it's the shooting. And the shooting is turning people off. Like because that's, that's always in the timeline, uh his his numbers and this and that. Yeah. And even in a win, the numbers are in the timeline. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he shot poorly and I'm over it because I also see X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And that's and that's kind of difficult. Yeah. I I Go think ahead, that I think it's again, it's a lot of different things. So the performances that they win and he shoots poorly off of attempts and volume and the performances where they lose and he shoots well, but it's a three for seven first half, a 18 point quarter, mm-hmm. you know, third quarter. I think there's been, I think that's a, a fair amount of criticism or, or at least a fair place to kind of place criticism. What I what I what I I don't understand is being kind of so so fixated into having a stance and then not not wanting, not realizing, just not being willing to acknowledge. Um, you know, we we people tweet shit like normalize this, normalize that. People say stuff like normalize, you know, changing your mind with new information. Right. But a lot of Heat fans don't want to change their mind, kind of given new information. Or, or, and I'm honestly not even just going to place that on Heat fans. I, I feel I think like that's people in general. People, I think that's people. people in general. It's 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 non-athletes judging athletes. It's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a layered thing, right? I think that. Someone like myself, um, someone like Atif, and, and and our group chat, I'm sure the things that you guys talk about, and I, I don't ever want to sell a viewer's perspective short. Um, I know that I, per- I personally come from a, a different type of background that I, that I consider a lot of viewers do, but I think that there is something to just kind of like, kind of just, just, just being patient. Like Tiff said, like a lot of, small things a lot of little things i think don't get accounted for i will be critical of kyle shooting and his shot selection and when i feel like he isn't as a point guard reading the times that your team needs you to be the one to get going a bit sooner than than what it than when you do i understand feeling your way into a system that's kind of established yourself when you're coming into to this whole new environment thing like i, I get critiquing where i think critique is due um, from a, a Kyle, a Jimmy, a Bam, a Duncan, Tyler, like these guys are susceptible to, to, to critique, I think, when it's, it's fair. But just the unwillingness, if there is an unwillingness to just acknowledge um, what it is that he has given them, um, even if it's not the thing that you hope that they would have gone for again, I wanted Lonzo. And I think Lonzo gives you some of the things that Kyle gives you, but I think Lonzo gives you some different things. And I think Kyle may give you some different things than Alonzo. It's cool having preferences. I do. I prefer Max over Duncan. I think Duncan gives you a little bit more dynamicism. He gives you a little bit quicker off the bounce. He gives you some other things. But I'm, I am critical of Duncan's game. I'm critical of Kyle's game. But I'm not going to, like, just fully discredit or, or not acknowledge uh, when a guy is giving you what at least it is that you, they needed you to give that night. And so while Kyle doesn't seem to 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 get um, 
the proper credit or the the proper amount of respect for his role in keeping this team afloat. I don't understand. I think it's just a lot of hater shit. I think people just want to to stay on their point and and not adjust and and just I don't know, like ride their bad takes to the ground. Like, <laughs> it's easier if he shot the ball well. I'm gonna say it's it's so much easier yeah. defending a guy who could right. just if if you are putting up the numbers, it's a little bit easier. Uh, we are going to get kicked out of our meeting again. So I just want to say thank you guys so much. Uh, so we're, we're going to wrap it up here. I think you guys were awesome today. This is a lot of fun. So thank you guys so much. And once again, this is Dishes and Dimes with Iman, Sandy, Tiffany, and Siobhan. Check out Miami Heat Beat. They're great at what they do. They're amazing. Uh, I think so much them. fun. Um, even when I'm, I don't even watch the Heat and I listen to them. <laughs> Please, they're hilarious. The Heat they are fun. The Heat are fun. They're gonna be, it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, I'm excited. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Appreciate y'all for having us. Thank you so much.